Welcome to the More Than Therapy podcast via www.morethantherapy.org, where we do more than therapy and you get thoughts of the day, interviews with extraordinary people, coping skills and strategies, and so much more. Get it? Find out more at www.morethantherapy.org. And welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy. Today's guest, Christy Marie, a clinician out of Roxborough, North Carolina, wiping out crises on a daily basis. And Bria Ajita, a clinician working multiple counties doing the hard, enhanced work of community support team. A caveat. Christy actually did CST herself up until recently when her county decided that it was no longer necessary to provide such an enhanced service due to reimbursement rates. Christy, I'll let you start. Okay, where should we start? Um, Brief introduction. Uh, Felipe is right. I do mobile crisis now. I have done so for a little bit prior to that. I have 19 years experience in um, the mental health field in various avenues. I've worked with teens and uh, day treatment, which is a good introduction to our topic for today, because we are talking about um, mature girls dating what we what we in society would consider um, pedophiles right now. Um, we talked, we're going to talk briefly about age of consent and what that means and what, what appears to be morally right versus legally right. Um, I don't want to dig too deep just yet because we're doing sort of introductions, but that's kind of where my standpoint is, where I'm going to come from. Um, so, back to you, Felipe. All right. Ajita, your intro. Uh, so, as you were saying, I do CST um, in a couple of counties um, in North Carolina. I have just recently moved down here, and my past experience has been in new health kids um, starting from middle school or into adults. So working with IDD or hypercoercion disorders. And uh, I have the chance to actually share some of my experience with that mature age and older <laughs> gentleman from um, own personal experience and from what I have seen on the Alright, 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 alright. Yeah, when I was um, a teenager, it's like microphone check. When I was a teenager, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. We can hear you. Okay. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I remember there was a couple girls that dated like older cats, you know, and cats in my grade or grade ahead of me who wasn't quite savvy enough to have their own vehicles or whatever at the time. You know, we, we were considered haters. I threw salt in the game because. It's like we knew these girls were 15, 16, 17 years old, but they were dating people. You know, we lived in Charleston, South Carolina. We had a naval base and we had an Air Force base as well as a um, naval shipyard. And so, you know, a lot of those cats be from other places. And it's like they would, you know, see these girls at games or see these girls at the mall or whatever. And just, you know, for lack of a better word, trick off, you know, bless them with, you know, an experience that they probably wouldn't experience amongst people of her their own age group as a person like me might have been only making $300 a week at Burger King 
versus he might be working at, at the docks making 1500 a week. Um, there was this one girl I was looking at, I mean, I was interested in, Sharana Red, and I thought we would be like the perfect team, you know, red and blue, you know what I'm saying? But she was all about dating those older cats, 24, 25 years old, and her mom didn't seem to have any mind. And I used to go over there, I used to hang with her brother, and I used to go over there, have dinner or whatever, the older cat would come over and pick Sharana up and they'll go off for a couple hours and then she'll come back, you know, telling what happened or what they did. But her being 16, he being approximately 24, 25 years old, it's approximately a nine-year age gap. And um, it's just something I want to talk about today that these significant age gaps is considered pedophilia. We see R. Kelly today in jail facing multiple crimes in multiple cities based on the very same actions. When he married Aaliyah, what was he, 27? Aaliyah was 15, 14. So he was, what, 12 years older? I mean, with the math. At least. Yeah, something like that. They said he was preying on her as young as 12. So he groomed her. But yeah, that's all I have to say about that for right now. Did you personally have any experience or witness any experiences in your livelihood, in your life? I had friends that I grew up with. One in particular started as young as elementary school. We would be talking about, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, what you're going to do, whatever. And I remember very distinctly she was saying she can't wait to be in love with somebody and just cuddle up in front of a fireplace with champagne. These kids were in complete shock. Like, what the hell is she talking about? It was... And we always kind of knew that would be the route that she took. I can't really say what led up to that. I don't want to make any assumptions because she had both her parents in her life um, very well off. So, you know, what she was exposed to, I can't speak to. I don't want to speak to. But I do know that she ended up marrying a guy much older than her, probably older to be her father. And that was kind of the route that she took throughout. But that plays in my mind all the time. Because in elementary school, why was that even a, a, you know, a thought process? With me, I'm, you know, I want to climb trees, I'm throwing rocks, whatever the case is. Definitely wasn't thinking about fireplace or, or romance or anything else, but that was a very real thing for her. Um, you know, another situation, I had a, a best friend for through middle school who was dating, a, a, he was an adult, a grown guy. And when she would tell me some of the things that went on, I was a little bit naive at the time and it just didn't seem right to me I was naive obviously so I went to the school counselor and I'm thinking you really need to tell somebody because this is wrong um, and so we both went to the school counselor and I, I don't know what words the school counselor used but then she denied everything that she had told me mm. and so the school counselor didn't take it any further she didn't make any report she didn't call any parents it kind of left right there which brings me to you know, my question, my concern in our community, I, I mean, all the communities, I feel like have their own way of handling it, but specifically in the black community, why are we okay with it? It's kind of like, don't ask, don't tell right. it, you know, it's wrong, but for whatever reason, it's not being approached. So maybe the parent doesn't want to address what they allowed to happen to this child and take responsibility because saying, you know what? my child's dating this older guy because her dad wasn't in her life or because I allowed it to happen, put some responsibility back on the the parent. And so I feel like as a community, 
we need to be able to not only talk about it, but talk about why it's so acceptable. And Felipe, you and I originally talked, I thought about the, con- you know, the concept well-groomed being that these, these girls are being groomed from very, you know, very early on to be whatever these men are creating them to be, things they don't even know that they want to be. Um, and then in the wellness part, is like, we're so accepting of it. We are accepting, we see it, we don't say anything. And, you know, it goes back to black don't crack. So you see this guy, you know, he's older, but he, he looks relatively young. So he gets into these places where an older guy of another um, culture may not be able to get into because you can physically, visibly look at him and see his age is, he's way too old to be with this girl. Um, and so we just let these things slide. And I, where I grew up, it wasn't guys that had those good jobs. It was hustlers. It was drug dealers. They had the nice cars. They had the rims. They had the money. And they had these young girls thinking that this is what life was. He'll come come by the school, bring me lunch or whatever, or bring me money or shoes, and everything was okay. Um, and, that you know, there's another story I may share a little bit later on that's extremely personal. Uh, not sure how far I want to go with that story. I may share it a little bit later. But to where I know... Um, personal intervention had to happen on my family's part for a similar situation and um we didn't we didn't sleep under the rug we absolutely had a problem with it but the female was pretty adamant about still seeing this person she was she liked that he was buying her things she liked that he was older and she was getting attention and it was something that she she sought after and uh which was very challenging for our family because we we didn't like it. We had a problem with it. We told him, we threatened him, we did all the whole nines, um, even to, you know, legal action. And she continued to sneak and see this person until she was about legal. So, um, anyway, so that was my experience on, you know, on this end. And if you guys want me to go in a little bit more detail later, I can. I'll just... I don't want to, you know, take over the right, podcast, right. so I'll let her speak some. But if you guys want me to go into it a little bit later, I'm, you know, I'll share what I can. Yes, ma'am. I understand. Thank you for sharing, Bria. Any experiences, or know of any experiences of teenage young girls having relationships with older males? Oh uh, yeah. So um, my experience comes from a different. Uh, standpoint and my I think my standpoint is so different because my parents are 20 years apart and my parents started dating with my mother was in her young 20s and my dad was 40s um so for me it was the norm and then they stayed together for 25 years so I never seen the problem with it um my dad didn't sell drugs or anything like that he owned his home in New York City uh he had a job took care of his family he did the thing that um girls want men to do pay all the bills he brings home the groceries my mom cooks so that's what I saw and I thought that was perfectly okay um which kind of led me into uh dating older men even to this day my child father and I are 14 years apart that's right I am (laughs) (laughs) like i said it's normal to me and a lot of people go oh my gosh you're so young and i'm like no because it's that's not what i think coming up um but i have personal experience myself from dating uh 
an older guy when I was 17. He was double my age, so he was 34, so 17 years over. <laughs> um, and I think it is a big difference when you're 17 and dating older and when you may be in your 20s and dating older. Um, I didn't date him because of um, he had things or stuff that I wanted. Um, it's kind of crazy because he actually worked for uh, a school and touch my pearls <laughs> <laughs> um and it didn't hit me how bad it was until I actually got out there and I was like wow you've been manipulated like this is really bad um and then it, it hit me when he uh actually um contacted me through social media in my senior year of undergrad and he was telling me I need to come see him and I need to make things work and I was like what I don't have no interest what the hell if you don't leave me alone <laughs> um then I started looking back and started thinking about things and I was like oh that that was very yeah that was immature for you to even entertain something like that you had no business being in it um, and I can always share more with things I have seen with like my clients and stuff my clients have shared that relates a little bit more to the um, to what everyone else has seen such as dating due to they needing the new sneakers or they need a couple of dollars in their pocket or um, help their mama pay the rent for the month <laughs> we can get into that a little bit more later but yeah do you mind if I ask you a question? Because I, I actually appreciate your standpoint because you, you do bring a different um, perspective to it. Do you feel like at that age, the guys that were younger than you were not on your maturity level? Were you what you what we would consider a mature teenager? I mean, I know I was mature even though I dated guys that were around my age. I still was mature. I was attracted to older guys, but I wouldn't do it because my daddy wouldn't have it. You know, and I was scared of that. But just saying guys my age appeared childish to me i'm just wondering if that was your experience and was that part of the attraction to him is that he, you felt he was on your level in some respect yeah guys my age were definitely immature um i couldn't stand the fact that i couldn't really sit and converse with them especially as i got older i was just like i'm not dealing with this with your you know your, your mindset where you at and um after watching my parents relationships for so long i wanted what my mother had i was like oh i want the guy that's more like my father that's stable who has it already um who i can actually sit down and talk about some politics you know he doesn't watch the nba all day or he doesn't want to watch it all day he actually does sit around and watch cnn news on sundays and <laughs> that's what he said from and he knows what's going on in the world and you know we can always enlighten each other challenge each other's thoughts and i didn't find much of that at my age so yeah. that's always a question that I have and if like in your now are you attracted to guys who are intelligent does that make sense like was, was that part of part of it because like yeah you know, I like guys who are intelligent we just I consider myself to be relatively intelligent so I like to converse with guys who are and I know at 17 you know you're talking video games cars you know partying whatever and the intelligent conversation just wasn't happening right so do you still find that something that you that happens with you now like in the guys that you're attracted to and people you choose to date or or interact with do you feel like not necessarily they're older but 
you can um, connect with them on an intellectual level. Absolutely. Like, I would even pick your brain on purpose to see what you're thinking. <laughs> 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 see what's going on in your head before I can even consider dating. Because if I can't even, when I pick your brain and there's nothing there, then I, I don't know right. where it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Completely understand that. <laughs> Felipe, I know that you and I share some cases. Of course, yes, I was, I was thinking specifics. about some cases, but yeah, we had a but, lot uh, of cases. I think that mental health was impacted later in life because of some of these relationships they had earlier in life. A lot. We worked in a rural community, mostly um, right. mostly on um, Roxboro, of course, um, Timberlake, Samora, other places, but um. And it was allowed, mainly because in such a society, a lot of things that we would deem stigmas are quickly put under the rug and hidden away. A lot of times, especially when the industries, like some of the industries disappeared, the farming industries, when it, it was subsidized, when the, the manufacturing companies dissolved and went away, you know, those empty buildings that are still sitting there today, a lot of the money slowed down and then maybe that was a way for them to have extra income in the house, or maybe they didn't have enough to give to their daughter. So somebody else stepping in, maybe an older male who's able to buy her the things that takes less stress off or less financial stress off the family and for her to have and be able to be okay in her school setting. You know what I'm saying? Especially when bullying is so hard if you don't have, if you don't have nice shoes or nice clothes, you're teased and that impacts your self-esteem. I want to say at least some of our, at least some of our borderline personality cases came out of scenarios Absolutely. like that. And I can think of a Absolutely. few just off top, you know what I'm saying? I agree, 110%. Um, when we started this, I immediately thought of several yeah. cases that yeah. we had together yeah. that no, that red was flag the case. cases that were still considered red flag mm -hmm. today from what I understand. Mm -hmm. I know when um, a segue, we're just gonna get right back to the subject, but um, I remember when um, my sister, oh man, I remember when my sister had indicated one time that one of our neighbors was touching her inappropriately when she was a teenager. And me, myself and my mom, we were like, nah, he ain't do that, he ain't do that. And every time, she, every time it happened, she would tell us, she would tell us. And we were like, nah, that didn't happen, he didn't do that, he didn't do that. And just the impact that it had on my sister's mental health due to not being believed or not being supported by her family caused her to go into very, maladaptive behaviors later in life that we need to listen to these stories investigate and just because we have preconceived notions of who we think people are that doesn't mean that's who they are right you're right and and i think that's how a lot of it kind of gets downplayed for lack of better words it's like you you think you know someone because of what they're presenting i think now we have a, a better understanding of of kind of what people are because they post certain things on social media or there's so many different ways to monitor what they're doing versus when I was growing up you only saw what they presented in front of you because you didn't have ways to, to fact check and check behind them or whatever you just didn't have those now it's a, a little bit easier you know that slip up at some point have something in their phone or something on their computer or make a pass at somebody who is extremely vocal about it and make sure to tell whoever will listen we just didn't have that when I was growing up. It was very much, um, if a person had a certain uh, stance or whatever in the community, you just didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. It just was okay. Um, and it's not, it's, it's in my opinion, it's never okay. 
and well, Felipe, you know, I'm opinionated. That's just that. I've always been that way. But, um, but yeah, so it, it's not okay, but that's the way it comes across. That's the way it's um, in our community. That's the way it has been handled and treated. Mm-hmm. Even like with this subject, I think I talked to you last night, sent you a video that um, bothered me. Right. It was a 26-year-old that was fighting a 16-year-old who supposedly was messing with her husband. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you're almost old enough to be this child's older sister, at least possibly in a very untraditional way, maybe mom. There's absolutely no reason why you should be beating her down to the ground over a guy who obviously chose to mess with her. I don't see a 15, 16-year-old girl getting up and pursuing your married adult husband who has a vehicle and a job and whatever. It just doesn't happen. I don't see her pursuing him in that way. Could have happened. I'm not going to say it didn't. But there were other adult females in the background agging this on saying, you know, beat her. You stop when you get tired. You stop when you get finished. And I'm like, you know, where is anybody with any common sense to say she's a child? Well, we need to go after this grown man who who was pursuing her or who accepted her advances because even if she was, you know, the pursuer, he could have absolutely been like, no, you're a child. Right. Obviously, he didn't do that um, based on the context of this, this video. Right. It just made me sick to my stomach. Yeah, I've seen that. And I know these things happen. It was very it's, disturbing. It's disturbing. It went down like that. And like you said, more disturbing that the community, we're supposed to be a village, if nothing else. We're a village. We're supposed to take care of each other. We're supposed to support one another, you know, pick up the weak when they're weak and let the strong, you know, balance it out. And the fact that the whole community was like, fuck her, beat her ass. Mm-hmm. She, should, she shouldn't right. have done she that. Now she's 16. Yeah, maybe she shouldn't have done that. But what? But he's twenty something. He, he and he's in a covenant. He's married. Who's truly at right. fault? You know what I'm saying? Your hands should have been on him, not on her. If that, if you're gonna put hands with anybody, in my opinion, I agree. I agree. I can. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely a dialogue that we need to have openly, candidly, and not just with other adults in our community, but with these kids who feel like they can't tell anybody, who feel like right. they can't. Um, more often than I care to think about it, I get a, a crisis call and this child is acting out in ways it's just unimaginable and mm-hmm. after talking to him for a little bit it you know things start to come come up and you you know it's very obvious that there's something completely wrong here and a lot of times the person that's victimizing this child will want to come into the assessment and you see the complete change in this child and I'm like you know one of these parents has or has failed this child. Somebody in his family said, like, I feel like I need to not fail this child. Right. Um, and there have been times where it reports just kind of got phased out or whatever you want to call it, and, and nothing happened. And then a year down the road, I'm seeing this child again for trying to, who's now a young adult, trying to commit suicide. Like, And that's in, across cultures. It's not just us, but it's those type of situations. Um, and, you know, Hopefully we'll we'll get to address this this another time. I do just kind of want to put it out there for people to think about, because I'm a single mom. We, we get into those situations a lot. We you hear those horror stories of mom met boyfriend, boyfriend moved in two days later, all the kids getting victimized. You know you hear these things, or this child is sacrificing herself to be victimized, so the younger children aren't being victimized. And we had a client, of course, that, like that. Um, those type of things are are tragic and. 
we really need to talk about what are these signs that this stuff is happening. Even when you think you know somebody, this child is going to give signs and, and warnings, indication that something just is not right. Mm-hmm. We need to be more aware of that as parents, as adults, even if you don't have children and you, a child is trying to you know, covertly tell you something, you need to be aware of what these these signs are. And I know that's a topic for another podcast, but just yeah, want to yeah, put that out there to anybody listening, you know, to to just be aware that like this stuff is still happening it wasn't a 90s issue it's not a 2000s issue it's an ongoing issue because we just don't address it and not to mention the fact that people get less jail time for abusing a child um, molesting a child particularly than they do for drugs you know marijuana charge may land you in jail for longer than you know than abusing a child which is also and we had some cases like that <clears throat> We I still had them at, I had them at my agency, my current agency too. One of the clients we had, wow, and doing the same things, falling into them same traps that he set for himself. I don't Absolutely. Think, well, you know, not only are we, you know, just not talking about it. I think that we also not talking about it from the other perspective that that young men, um, with older. Absolutely. Um. Oh. I'm going to say the black community because I see a lot of comedian jokes about this. We take it very lightly, you know, like D.L. Hughley had a stand-up comedian show. He said, well, if my son is at school and teacher, I'm going with him too the next day to get some too. And, you know, everybody's laughing. And, but nobody, like, everybody forgets that, like, wait, huh? <laughs> what did you just say? Did you really right. say your kid is you going too? So... I think when it comes, when we, um, a role we work say, it seems to be okay that women do it, you know? And some of these women get pregnant, have these kids, and the fathers are super young. And it's like, do anybody want to talk about that? And how does that affect the young men's life? Right. I remember I saw an Instagram yeah, post recently when Little Boosie was saying how he had a, a grown woman perform sexual oral favors on his son and his um, nephews. And like, I guess the son is like 12 years old. I like, I mean, I don't want to tell too much of my business, but I, don't, I didn't have sex until I was 16. And um, I just don't know what my life would be like if I started at 12. You know, one didn't know nothing. Yeah, my little wee wee would get hard, but I didn't know what to do with it per se. <laughs> well, I gotta make a correction. He he didn't say he did it. He said he would. And he still got slammed for it, and which he should have. I don't Just know. like she said, the we don't I talk said, about the it. The one I heard, he was dead drunk, and he said he did. Yeah, I, see, he I didn't did. see that. Him. <laughs> I saw the the thing where he said if his son turned out like D Wade's son, then he. We're would talking do that. about like we're talking anything about four to days keep ago. From me. This happened about four days ago. And he... Oh, so I haven't seen that one. Okay, mm. that's that's mm. really tragic. <laughs> really and it's just like we in, in, a, in society we're like oh the boys can be as sexualized as they need to be don't sexualize the females because that's what people said when he did that for his 12 year old right 13 his 13 year old daughter had a birthday and he wished her a belated birthday because he forgot the day it was on and um he was like are you gonna have some mm-hmm. grown man that, eat her cootie cootie you know what i'm saying right right that part <laughs> oh my goodness you see it now okay yeah <laughs> that's disturbing in ways I can't even talk about but you see you you know you see what he does his, his lives are ridiculous this is the lifestyle that he thinks is okay probably because he experienced something of that nature we don't know right 
Right, right. But, but I, I agree. Is, it's definitely a double standard. The important lesson to take away from this is, one, you know, be aware of the signs, change in mood, change in behavior patterns, um, items or clothes or stuff that you know you didn't buy and that your daughter or son doesn't have the Absolutely. means to get on their own. Yeah, this might mean, mean something might be going on of a maladaptive um, be, uh, nature. And no, notice, you know, signs, you know, if you see them pilfering or having more makeup on their face and they normally didn't do that, if they're not adhering to their normal daily routines of leaving and coming to the house or what outfits they wear when they come and come go to the house and try to initiate more conversations with our children. I think that's one of the biggest Achilles heels we have in brown and black communities. We want our children to be heard. We want them to, we want to talk. We want them to hear us. Oh, what is it? Talking don't be heard or something. Talking to heard that don't be talked. Well, anyways, I've only been here for 12 years, so I don't know the language that well. So, <laughs> what I'm saying is like... Is it listen and not be heard? I think that's it. Is there you go. As much. Exactly. Okay. So you, yeah. so if you sit at it, let's say you have, let's say you are the type of family that sit at the table and eat together. How much core right. conversation is actually coming out of those conversations? Do you have an open door policy with your children? Are you engaging in conversations with your children? Are you in, initiating? Because a lot of times teenagers are like, I don't want to hear that shit get from by me. Are you, you know, engaging, initiating these 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 talking points? Because I think I really feel that I really regret that my my mom and my sister didn't pay attention to what my sister was saying because we believed that the person that was doing it was above such behaviors. And I, especially when I know what happened after the fact, as far as how she coped with it, which was not beneficial to her at all. And I still think about that whew, thirty years later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean that that makes perfect sense. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it too. Just I tried to foster a atmosphere where my kids were comfortable talking to me, but it was more or less things I experienced growing up or and that I saw that I tell them, you know, if somebody does X Y Z, you need to tell me, tell somebody, whatever. And it worked extremely well for the older two. Um, the younger two, I just had to keep a better eye on them because I don't think. Maybe I wasn't as available because I was working so much. I just don't feel like they felt comfortable. My oldest two will talk to me about anything. I mean, anything. The younger two, um, the boy, he wants to handle everything on his own. And my daughter, I just don't feel like she would. So, but I have kept her more, you know, closer to me, and I keep a better eye on her because she, whether I wasn't convincing and telling her, you know, if something happens, come to me, whatever, or if it's just that she on her own felt like I would be judgmental. I remember she told me something a while back and she was like really upset. She was like, well, I didn't want you to be mad at me. I'm like, why would I be mad at you? Or, you know, we're, we're all young. We, you know, you, we do things. It's not a big deal like that. She was like, Oh, well, I just didn't want you to be disappointed. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I don't ever want her to be victimized and feel and feel to blame. Cause that's another you know, part of it. I know it can go on forever, but that's another part of it that the person being victimized actually being made to feel like they caused it. They're to blame if they didn't wear certain stuff or they didn't look a certain way. And that's another indication when you see a child just letting themselves go, not showering, not dressing up, you know, changing. Like if they usually wear pretty fashionable clothes, just wearing different stuff like like sweats and 
big t-shirts and things not showing off anything really working you know their hardest to not be noticed is also a telltale sign that you know, just that we need to just be paying more attention to right exactly exactly well any final words well, I guess that was your final word okay Bria any final words fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh lord I'm of the you know old school that take the village to raise a child and it just seems like we don't have that village anymore everybody sort of right. Um, right. so you know we, we I don't think anybody can do it on their own you know right. like, I'm pretty sure your neighbors see things I'm pretty sure your your, your kids friends seen things or they heard something and it's like you know see something say something you know see, right. open right. up the door for the conversation or you know, do something to um, just to help because you know we never know. It may look good on the outside, but it's not all good. Or it may look good to us because we're so young and we don't realize how um, we are doing to our future, to our own mental health later on down the line. Right, right, exactly. And that's a great point. I really wish. Slavery was a very impactful institution upon Black America, and this ain't how we're supposed to be. We need to do a better job of unifying and getting back together. I wholeheartedly adhere to the concept of Ubuntu. I am because we are, and I thank you for being with us today at More Than Therapy Podcast, available on all streaming podcast apps, including YouTube. And that concludes another episode. Please subscribe to the More Than Therapy Podcast.